Welcome to another podcast by Victoria Point Baptist Church. We are glad you have joined us today. If you would like to connect with us as we aim to introduce people to Jesus by connecting with our local community and beyond, you can find out more at vpbc.com.au. Welcome. It is great to be sharing with you this morning. Continuing on in our Love Does series, we're going to take a look in the book of Romans. If you would like to turn with me to Romans 12, and would you join with me in prayer as we just submit this time to God and ask God to speak to our hearts. Father God, we want to thank you that you are with us, that you are with us where we are at right now, in whatever situation or circumstance that's going on around us. We thank you that you are sovereign and that you are in control. Lord, we honor you for who you are. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. And Lord, we surrender our hearts to you this morning. And we ask, Lord, that you would speak life into us. We ask that as, as your word would go, would go down deep inside our heart, that there would be much fruit as a result. So we submit this time to you. Lord, I pray that my words are not my own but they're the very words that you want to speak to your people. I thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's a joy to share with you this morning, and um, I, I love this book. And as you'll see, it's, it really does fit so well into this Love Does series. It's uh, a statement that um, I've made a couple of times over this series in relation to Love Does, and I've, I've said, what has love done and what is love doing? And the book of Romans paints a picture for us by presenting this book in three sections. Firstly, it explains the problem. Then it gives us the solution. And then it gives us instructions as to what our new life looks like practically in our everyday life. Firstly, it tells us that we are all born into sin, that no one is right with God. This is the problem. It tells us that by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, we are made right with God. This is the answer. This is what love has done for us. Love made a way. It repaired the tear. It fixed the problem that mankind couldn't fix. It then goes on and tells us, well, now that you believe and that, you're, that you've been made right with God, practically in your everyday life, this is how it should be reflected. This is what love is doing today. Jesus deals with the root problem and then produces the fruit, the outworking of our faith. And we often call this good works or good deeds. But this morning, I want to call this the good news. And I want to share some good news with you all this morning. Let's read from Romans 12, starting at verse 9, and we'll read through to verse 21. It says, Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud. 
to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honourable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Now, there is so much good news here. We could talk about so much, and I would encourage you to look at the different fruit that Christ is producing in our lives as a result of our acceptance and surrender in Christ. But today, I just want to take one part of this statement. It says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. So today, we're going to look at honouring one another. Over many weeks now, we have heard a lot about one anothering in a believer's life. And here this statement is made, take delight in honouring each other. Or another version says, give preference to one another in honour. So what does this look like and where does this come from? What has to be done or to give or to receive honour? When and where does it start? Does it start with me or does it start with others? And this is what we'll look at. The biblical meaning of honour is to give weight to someone on the basis of position. So we would say that God is to be honoured. You know, he is sovereign, he is God, he is king. God placed honour on his son, Jesus. And he also placed honour on humanity as his children. Paul tells us in Romans 12, 1, to present ourselves to God as an act of worship due to his great mercy on us. And so when I looked at this, I kind of thought, well, in order to do that, to offer myself, I should probably have a correct concept of God. And so this led me to a very well-known passage in Matthew uh, chapter 22, verse 36 to 40. And I just want to look at three aspects that provide a foundation of honouring one another. It says, Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally as important. Love your neighbour as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Jesus sums up the entire law with this command, love God, love yourself and love others. I just want to say that <laughs> it's impossible for us to love like that. As again, the word agape is used here uh, as love, God's love, a love that only he gives, a love that he gives through us. Firstly, this morning, the way we see God determines how we love him. So how do we see God? As we read through the book of Romans, as stated earlier, Paul paints a picture for us, a picture of human depravity, that without the sacrifice and acceptance of Jesus, we are completely bankrupt. He then tells us of our wonderful salvation by presenting to us the depth, the width, the height, and the length of the unconditional love of the Father, 
a love unlike any love we've known or can fully comprehend or explain. The love that is seen in Christ. He first loved us and went to the cross to prove himself as the lover of our souls. I shared a couple of weeks ago on uh, I am as God presents himself to us as a promise keeper, a lover, a healer, a provider, a saviour, a father, a brother, a shepherd, and so much more. A father that can be trusted, who has our best interest at heart, a perfect father with no agenda, just a God who loves us, period. And so he accepts us on the merit of Christ's righteousness and not our own. He accepts us on the basis of our belief in the gospel. And so do we see God as a loving father or an angry old man, accepting us as we come or rejecting us as we don't look the way we should on the outside? Jesus said that he is the visible image of the invisible God. And this means that we just need to look at the gospels to get a right concept or view of the father. And having the right concept of God is significant in the way that we honour one another. Jesus presented a loving father, a father that was all accepting, that died so that we could live. Would you picture with me for a moment a boy is playing out on the sidewalk with a ball and the ball rolls out into the road. Without a second thought, the boy runs after it, like, like boys do. The parent of the boy stands in the driveway with their other son and, and they see this happening. The brother sees a truck coming in the other direction and without hesitation he looks to the parent and says, I'll save him. The boy shoots out and runs and just before the truck hits the boy, the, boy, the brother pushes him out of the way and takes the hit of the truck. This is what Jesus did for us. He took the hit. He loves us like that. He loves us so much. I spent many years with a wrong concept of the Father, which made it impossible for me to receive his love in a, in a meaningful way. And I simply wasn't falling in love with Father God, who I saw just like my earthly dad. And I struggled to offer myself up as a living sacrifice. I would say it, and you know, I knew it in my mind, but it hadn't fallen into my heart. But when I started to see God's heart for me, when he began to reveal his pure, unconditional love for me. I stopped seeing him like my earthly dad, and I started to fall in love with him. Offering myself up became an act of worship as I believed that the Father loves me like this, and that he could be trusted with my whole life. This was a natural progression. See, the way I saw God had a direct impact on receiving his love, and therefore the way that I loved him, myself, and others. Secondly, the way we see ourselves determines the way we love ourselves. So we're not talking about some narcissistic self-obsession. Again, the word here is agape. So we're talking about seeing ourselves and loving ourselves the way that God sees and loves us. And in Romans 9 verse 25 and 26, it says after speaking of God's great love, Paul writes, this He says, concerning the Gentiles, God says in the prophecy of Hosea, those who were not my people, I will now call my people, and I will love those whom I did not love before. 
And then at the place where they were told, you are not my people, there they will be called children of the living God. So the natural progression for us, God first loved us, we then loved him. He then tells us who we are, his children. We learn to not only accept what he says about us, but we learn to love the unique way that he has created us. Jesus tells, tells us to love others as we love ourselves. We must love ourselves first. Otherwise, we won't be able to love others the way that he's wanting us to. Again, I'll add that this is impossible for us, for me to love myself the way that he loves me. But he does this through me. It's his love. It's his love. Loving who you are means not hating the experiences that shaped you. Isaiah wrote to us in chapter 45 in verse 9, he says, What sorrow awaits those who argue with their creator? Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it, saying, Stop, you're doing it all wrong? Does the pot exclaim, How clumsy can you be? Loving ourselves is accepting the way that he's created us. God accepts us, and so we accept ourselves, warts and all. This doesn't excuse ways that we sometimes act. It simply shows us that we can view ourselves in the same way that God views us, that we can love ourselves in the same way he loves us, through the eyes of grace and unconditional love. And so to mask who we are, with what we want others to see is a, a misrepresentation of God's creative design. You're made uniquely diverse in many ways, and this is not to be hidden. So it's with these two foundations in place, the acceptance and unconditional love of God and the acceptance and unconditional love of self, that we are able to, as Paul describes in the verses we've read in Romans, to put others above ourselves, to honour one another on one single basis. We honour others in a biblical way as a result of their position. And so lastly, this morning, the way we see others determines the way we honour others. Do we see others the way that God sees them? Well, again, loving others in context here is the word agape. And again, it's impossible for me or for you to love our brothers and sisters in Christ this way. We need Jesus to do the loving, Jesus to do the honouring, and he will. As I offer myself up to him as an act of worship to be a vessel for his spirit on the earth. So how does God see others? Well, he sees others the way he sees you, in the same way that he loves you and accepts you, in the same way he wants the best for you, in the same way that he goes on the journey of life with you, never keeps record of wrongs that you've done, in the same way that he's patient, kind, not irritable, in the same way he never gives up on you, in the same way that he is for you. This is the way that he loves them. This is the way he loves us. And this is the good news for us this morning. He says, don't just pretend to love agape, others. Really love them and take delight in honouring 
one another on the basis of position. They are my sons and daughters. They are positioned, seated with Christ in heavenly places. So we don't honour others based on what they might do for us, the way they act toward us, whether they like us or not. We honour them because they are children of God, that they are brothers and sisters in Christ. And so the way we see them is of a crucial importance. Do we simply see their faults and their flaws? Do we react to the way they treat us? Or do we see them for their true identity? As Isaiah said, a child of the living God, positioned for honour from one another. Perfect love does not demand or require change. And so we read in Ephesians 4, it says, Instead be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. And we read in Romans 12 that we bless those who curse us. We associate ourselves with the body of Christ no matter what the background of others, whether they're rich or poor, male or female, we treat them as family, as one another. We don't pay back evil with more evil. In fact, it says do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honourable to do all you can to live at peace with everybody. If they like you or not, honour is due. We might, not, we might not like what they do or have done, but the good news is, this morning, church, that what they do doesn't determine their honour. We honour them because of what Jesus has done for them. We love them where they're at, not where we think they should be. Now, this is impossible, absolutely impossible. And we will struggle to do this if we try and strive to do it. The Christian life is not one of struggling and striving to be or do like Jesus. Love does is not about me loving like Jesus. It is about me offering myself as a living sacrifice, as an act of worship because of his great mercy for me, for you. And as we do, we become a living vessel surrendered to the love and the grace of our great God, trusting the Holy Spirit to do the work, the loving the honouring. This is genuine and authentic Christian, Christianity, Christian living. A right concept of God produces a right concept of ourself, which promotes others above ourselves. John the Baptist made a statement when he was out in the wilderness, um, when he went before Christ. And when he was asked by the Pharisees, you know, are you the Christ? He said, I'm not the Christ. Um, I'm just one pointing to him and he said I must decrease and he Jesus must increase and this is a beautiful way to look at what we are talking about this morning when we see God correctly the love and acceptance of God is poured out on our lives we then accept the way he has made us we don't need the acceptance or love of others and so we offer ourselves as instruments in the hand of God. We decrease in self-importance and we live to promote and increase the lives of others. We are not threatened by their dislike of us or their behaviour toward us. We love them and we honour them as God's children. The good news, church, is that when others act in a way that we deem wrong, 
rather than being offended and unhinged, rather than getting even or you know, praying the wrath of God upon, upon them, we see it as an opportunity for God to work in and through us in the lives of one another. We're not honouring them based on what they do for us or others. Our honour is a response to who they are, Christ within them. So what does love do? Love honours one another. Would you pray with me this morning? Father God, we want to thank you for your beautiful, beautiful word. We thank you for your gospel, for your truth, for your love and acceptance for us as your children. Father, we pray that you would give us a a right concept view of who you are as a loving father, pure, unadulterated love. We ask that you would bring revelation to our hearts, that we wouldn't just know it in our minds, but that we would know it in our hearts, that we would live out of a right concept of who you are. We thank you, Father, for loving us the way you do. We honour you this morning. Father, we ask that you would help us to see ourselves the way that you see us, that we would be okay with the way that you've created us, that we would, in fact, love ourselves because you have created us and you don't make mistakes. We ask, Lord God, that if there's any, anyone in our life that uh, we're struggling with, we're struggling to honour them because of things they might have done or things that we've done towards them, we ask that you would help us and that you would bring restoration to those areas. We ask, Lord God, for your forgiveness to flow through us, for your love to flow through us into the lives of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Help us, Lord. We need you. We need your mercy and we need your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for spending this time. And we're just going to go to a song. And I'll just ask that you would take this as an opportunity just to to sit and rest in his wonderful presence and his wonderful love for you. Bless you.